Hello, everyone, and welcome to Christian Emotional Recovery. This is a special edition, and I'll just be honest, I'm asking for a little support and help with the podcast and with funding the podcast and making it sustainable. A couple of weeks ago, I recorded something that came to my heart based on challenges that I was facing and challenges I continue to face. And so I wanted to share that recording with you. I clipped some of it, but um, I wanted to um, just thank everyone for listening and thank everyone for following the podcast and the YouTube channel and the um and the Facebook group. And so I am asking for help in funding the podcast, in making this sustainable. And I do share some of the experiences that I've been through. And I do share some of the experiences I've been through. And I want to emphasize that this isn't meant for anybody's pity. It isn't meant for anybody to feel sorry for me. But I have been through a lot of challenges. And um, I'm at a point where I realize that keeping the podcast going unless something changes may not be sustainable for my finances and my health. I want to keep doing it, but I need help. I don't like asking for help, but I do need help. And also, when you support the podcast, you're not just supporting me. You're supporting other people like you who may not be able to afford resources like these anywhere else. Because I understand from experience what's that what that's like. If you would like to support the podcast, I will put links in the show notes. And there are two ways that you can support. You can go to the Patreon account. And Patreon is a reputable website where um, creators like artists and podcasters and YouTubers and musicians and um, people that do like things like I do um, go and they you can subscribe monthly and you can on my page you can subscribe at five ten or twenty five dollars a month and that helps me to continue to be able to do what I'm doing because keep in mind I'm not just it's not just the funding of the podcast itself that's a couple of hundred dollars a month it's the amount of time that I put in it where I might be working another part-time job or working a full-time job and that does take a chunk out and then having healthy she's like I said it is a challenge and um, it's just not sustainable long term unless something changes and I'm just being honest that I really want to keep doing this but I need help and I don't like asking for help but um, like I said if you donate you're not just helping me you're helping other people like me and you who suffer from trauma and are stuck and don't know what to do and maybe they've even been shamed for their trauma and that this is a way to get the message out that hey it's not your fault there is a way to heal and God's got your back and this is also a way for me to be able to continue to do what I believe with all my heart is God's call on my life and maybe even to eventually do it full-time that's really what I want to do but right now it's hard to even do it part-time and so I'm asking for any help you can give I greatly greatly appreciate it. Um, also, the the one way to give, like I said, monthly is Patreon. I'll put the link below in the show notes, and it's five, ten, or twenty five dollars a month. The other way is you can go to a place called Kofi dot com. Kofi, it's K O dash F I dot com. K O dash 
ko-fi.com slash Christian Emotional Recovery. ko-fi.com slash Christian Emotional Recovery. And there you can give one time any amount. The monthly helps me more because it's sustained, but even if you can give $5, if you can give $30, if you can give $100, anything one time or monthly is greatly appreciated. And it will help me to be able to continue what I'm doing to be able to help you, to help others like you, and to be able to keep my health and and be able to sustain the podcast and move it forward and grow it and get it out to more people and to call fulfill God's call on my life even more and to um, be able to help even more people. If you've been helped, think about all the other people that might be helped as well. Thank you so much. And I'm going to go into the recording and then I'll have one more call for help at the end. And I thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me today. God bless you and thank you so much. I worked in the um, public sector. I worked as a professor, a, a, technically an adjunct professor, but I would taught full time, if that makes sense. And um, I got student loans to go to school, and I wanted to teach in college. And about the time that I started teaching, they started changing it where there weren't as many tenured positions, and then they started doing adjunct. So the full time position that I thought I was going to get. Never happened. I was told by one of my bosses to go and get my terminal degree, which was an MFA in creative writing. So I incurred more debt in the faith that I would um, one day get a job making a little more money than I did, which wasn't much even then. And then the one that I would get wouldn't be a lot more, but it would be a little better. So I went back to school and I did what he said. And in the meantime, my bosses changed. And then I finished my degree and that person, I said, you know, I was told to go back to school if I wanted to move up in the department. And he said, no, 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 no. It was like that. He said it like that. And um, that was devastating. And um, I ended up with a boss who was a psychopath. Like, I'm not exaggerating. He was a literal bona fide psychopath. He actually assaulted somebody that worked in our department. And he uh, targeted people, and I was one of the people. You know how it is if you're an empath. I was one of the people he targeted. So needless to say, after working there for 12 years and trying to move up in the department, never doing so, I left, and I was stuck with debt. Well, this whole, you know, student loan thing where you can get the, um, if you've worked in the public sector for 10 years, while I was working there, um, I applied, and I did qualify technically, but because of my job status, mind you, I was working 50 to 60 hours a week. I worked full-time, and I worked um, every year. And um, they told me I didn't qualify because technically I was rehired every year, which means it wasn't 10 consecutive years, even though I did work 10 consecutive years. So I never got my student loan forgiveness And um, when this new one came up, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll get it this time. And I read the literature. I kid you not. I went to sessions. I went to webinars. I read. I made phone calls. I asked questions. And I studied the literature in several places, probably six or seven times, and never saw anywhere that you had to have 10 consecutive years after 2007, consecutive 10 years to get Um, student loan. I assumed that you would get forgiveness for the years after 2007. Mind you, I had worked from 2003 onward, so it was longer than that. I wasn't even going to get all of those years of loans. What I'd already paid, paid off. 
And I, um, when I went and applied and everything, I was like, oh, I'm going to get a few years of my student loans forgiven because I worked 50 hours a week and almost destroyed my health working in a university teaching twice the teacher load of what was recommended in by professionals in my field. And I was like, okay, well, at least I'll get something out of this. And when I put the application in, it came back rejected. Um, it was my, the years I had were accumulated and accepted, but I only, it doesn't mean anything unless you get 10 years. So technically I've taught 10 years at a university, consecutive years, full time, and my student loans are still not going to get forgiven for working in the public sector. I worked for a state, I was a state employee. So that was utterly devastating. Um, because I've been trying to pay off my student loans for decades and I just, haven't been able to. And um, I just wanted you to have a little backstory. Um, and um, I still teach adjunct. I teach online. And I don't want to do like a conventional go out into the world full-time job because I have health issues. And um, if I work myself too hard, unfortunately, my health declines. Some of it's PTSD, some of it's chronic illnesses. I try not to feel sorry for myself. I push myself really hard. I work really hard. If you know anything about my history, you know that last year I was so sick I was bedridden for a couple of months. I could barely get out of bed because I had an autoimmune response to what I believe was COVID. And um, I'm so thankful to be able to work now. I'm so thankful to be able to work hard. So as soon as my health um, returned, I was like, I got to do something with my life. I need to do something because I'm only going to live once. And so I started, um, I teach, I have six courses, eight courses on Udemy. I had them on Udemy. It's a website for courses. So I t what I wanted to do was take those courses. Udemy, by the way, is a very controlling site. They tell you everything you can and can't do with your courses. They won't even let you advertise much to your followers. And I had two free courses, and those free courses are what are what you call funnels to get people into um, to get people into your your paid courses. And this is how I was going to make a living is doing what's called evergreen. So you have courses set up and they pretty much bring people themselves. All you have to do is do the advertising. Udemy was doing the advertising for me, but slowly but surely I wasn't making much, if any money on those courses. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take these courses. I'm going to put them on a site called Podia. Podia is a great site, um, but I do have to pay monthly and it's like $40 a month and that may not sound like a lot, but it is for me. And so I um, took a f the last few months and I transferred all my courses and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to have to do all my own advertising. People don't just automatically find your courses. They don't automatically come to you. So the last few months, I've been building a website. I've been transferring my courses. Mind you, I've had to do that piecemeal, which means bit by bit by bit by bit. And I have eight courses, and some of them are five or six hours long. And when you have to take every little element and transfer it manually yourself and build a website and come up with all these coupons and all this stuff and build. I had to learn from scratch how to create Facebook ads. It may sound simple. It is not. It's extremely complicated. Um, I created what are called funnels, which is basically building an email system where if somebody signs up for your free course, they get emails that um, provide them with some tools and some lessons, free other free resources. But it also um, advertises, without getting too pushy, it advertises and up, tries to upsell people to the paid courses. 
So, um, the last three or four months I've been, you have to realize that Facebook ads cost money and the money can rack up quickly. So I study ad copy, which is basically how to do um, ads in an effective way that get people to buy your courses. It's convincing advertising, basically. Um, and I created some ads. First, they, they, I didn't do that. And I just put some stuff up there and nothing worked. I was like, okay, well, let's just try this again. So I went back to the drawing board. I also studied um, design and I have Canva, which is like where you can make like pictures and videos and um, ads and stuff like that. You can do all kinds of media. And so I use Canva for this platform as well. And basically what I did was I invested several months in learning Facebook ads. I tried several iterations of the ads and um, I learned ad copy. I learned, took courses, paid for courses on how to do Facebook ads. And um, I put up a second set that I had researched. I went and recorded raw videos. I edited them. They weren't right. So I went back and fixed them and I put them up there. And I didn't expect to get tons of traction immediately. And this was for my paid courses. And I got no purchases. Zero. Zilch. Nada. That's hard for me to say because, you know, people are like, you need to convey a message of success around yourself. But I like to be vulnerable and honest with people because I think people appreciate that. And I think it's refreshing. And I think it makes people realize they're not alone. Um, I don't share every little gory detail of my life. And basically what ended up happening was I didn't get a single purchase, not one from, and I was spending money daily on these ads. And so I was like, okay, I'll readjust my audience, which I did. And I got no purchases, um, another week. So I'm like, okay, um, maybe I need to, so I keep re, kept readjusting them. I tried, basically, I don't want to get too technical, but there's different kinds of ways to get attention for your business and to get what are called conversions. A sale is a conversion, and that's what it's called in the ad campaign that you're doing. The campaign is what you put up there and you pay money to show people to try to sell something. So I was like, okay, this isn't working. So I turned it all off and I'm like, I'm going to start again, but this time I'm going to try to get people into my free courses. The free courses help to show people what you do, and then you can sh put your paid courses in front of them, right, by doing the free courses, and then if they like it, they can buy your um, paid courses. So I set up something for free courses, no conditions. All they have to do, all people have to do is put their email in, right? And I'm like, it's a free course. Who the heck is not going to sign up for a free course? And I put my ads up. I have two free courses that funnel into an email set of emails that helps to, you know, create um, a relationship with a new customer and to potentially sell them my paid courses. And it's always optional. People can always opt out at any point that they want. But the only condition when they sign up for a free course is that they are signed up for emails and they do get that series of emails. That's called a funnel. So I had set that up and I'm like, okay, well, if I have an ad on Facebook for the free course, then they'll get in the free course and then they'll go through the funnel and that might potentially create some customers. It's an honest, time-tested way to build relationships with new customers. I went to Podia and there were zero people signed up. So I've tried readjusting these ads with the free courses 
Um, there are even videos, which videos um, get more results than just a poster. Um, and I've had this stuff up for a week, and I've had thousands of people see my free courses. And mind you, the people on Podia, I was asking, was there something wrong on the other end? I tested everything. Long story short, they said, your courses look great. This looks like something that people could really use, and they look well-designed. And I've had a lot of people tell me that. And on Udemy, I had tens of thousands of people in my courses, literally. And I only have my free courses on there now, and I try to funnel them into my paid courses on Podia. Long story short, I don't it's it's freakish that I've gotten no signups on a free course with thousands of people looking at it. And I, I've shut down my Facebook ads. I just shut them all down. I don't know what I'm going to do. The whole point was that I was going to use my paid courses that I had created over the course of the last seven or eight years to fund the podcast. Um, and... I can't keep spending money I don't have. What I was going to do is even if I got a trickle of profit, I was going to put that profit back into the ads and then snowball it and keep increasing how much I advertise and keep making more money. And then it would sort of snowball, you see. And I didn't even get one purchase. I've had some purchases through Udemy, but not many to fund my ads and, you know, I just, I know that pe people struggle with this stuff. I know it takes time to figure things out. It's what I call throwing spaghetti at the wall. But um, just to go back, um, I've probably told you this, but I teach adjunct at a certain university. Um, I was told unequivocally that I would get two classes. I teach um, two classes a term. That doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's an eight-week term, that's like a 16-week semester that would be like teaching four classes. It's almost a full-time job. So I spend a lot of time and a lot of energy doing this. And they also switched the courses I was teaching. I was teaching the intro to college class. And now I'm back into creative writing, which sounds like a lot of fun. But it's literally twice the amount of work, and I don't get paid anymore. So I'm doing more work for less money. And I'm teaching two classes this term. And I was told that I would get two next term. They said, we'll send you the assignment letter tomorrow. And they never sent it. And I'm not getting a course. I wrote them back after a month and said, hey, I thought I was going to get a second course. And they're like, well, we're sorry. There's no courses available. We'll keep you in mind. You know, doing the podcast takes a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a labor of love. It's the one thing in this world that feels like it's mine. I've never had anything in this life that's just mine. My husband brings in a larger portion of our income than I do. And I'm so thankful for him. I'm so thankful for his support with this. Um... But it's always been a burden on us that I have health problems that come and go and that, you know, I have anxiety and depression and that can impact. I've rarely let those impact my productivity. I will sit there and type responses to students while I'm crying. I do not make that an excuse. And I'm not condemning anybody who can't work when they're in a depressive state or an anxious state, okay? that's There have been times I have not been able to work. I'm saying what I do. I was taught to be tough in a lot of ways. But not everybody was given that opportunity to learn that. And sometimes it can also be toxic. 
but I will push myself and push myself and push myself. And I was working, you know, until seven o'clock a lot of nights. I mean, I do work from start at nine or 10 in the morning. So, you know, and I would work some on the weekends and I'm like, I'm building something I believe in. And for some reason I had this supernatural ability to work more than I had. I thought I was going somewhere. And, you know, it's not like I gave up. I tried like 10 or 12 iterations of my Facebook ads and I got zero purchases and I got zero signups on a free course that thousands of people that are my target audience saw. Okay. And I changed the language that I used and I changed the ads and I changed the type of campaign that I did and I adjusted the audience and I would re-advertise to people that had seen it before and I just, I don't know what to do now. I've never had anything in my life that's completely my own, except for this podcast. This podcast is my life in many ways. It's my identity in many ways. It's the one thing I felt like God gave me that is me, if that makes sense. It's authentically me. And, you know, I don't, this podcast isn't about me. It's about you. And that what I do, I do it for myself, but I do it for God and for you. And I'm, I'm struggling right now. And, you know, I, I, it does cost money to create the podcast every week because one, I spend anywhere from five to 10 or 15 hours, depending on the week on the YouTube channel, the podcast, the Facebook group. I'm not even in the Facebook group as much as I would like. I'm not even doing a lot of the stuff that I would like to do with it because um, I'm teaching. And then I was trying to work on this business about 15 hours a week. And I thought that if I invested this time and this money in this business, I didn't expect crazy success right away, but I hoped that a little trickle would come in, you know, and then I could multiply that and multiply that, you know, the whole thing about multiplying things. And it hasn't happened. How all this is for my good. And I'm here because not any of that. I'm here because I'm asking for help. I've thought about shutting down the podcast and getting more teaching or some other kind of work where I know that I'll have a steady income. Um, because like I said, it's not just that it's a couple of hundred dollars a month to pay for the platforms and the podcast housing and the websites and the media and the software and all of that stuff. That's not even the issue. The issue is, is that I'm spending 10 or 15 hours of my very limited energy on the podcast. And it's, it, I'm not, I'm not complaining. This is, like I said, is the one thing that I enjoy every moment of it. I love everything about it. I'm so thankful to have this in my life and I want to keep doing it. But I'm struggling, and I'm asking for help. Um, one thing that I've been working on in my own life, um, because I have codependency, is being assertive and advocating for myself. Um, I was taught growing up that if I spoke up for myself in some cases, that that was selfish. And I actually did speak up for myself in cases where I was being mistreated or abused, and I was told I was selfish. And... So this is hard for me because 
you know, I'm being vulnerable, but I, if you've read the work of Brene Brown, the only way you're ever going to make anything of your life, the best things in your life only come outside of your comfort zone and they only come in being vulnerable. And that's why I've, in spite of being knocked down so many times that I'm scared to even try again to create anything in my life in this area that's mine. When I say mine, I don't mean that in a selfish way. I just mean something that's my own. You know what I mean? And and being able to find, you know, being able to have a better life like everybody wants. I, I'm at a point where if something doesn't change, I'm going to have to make some decisions that are very difficult. And I want to be able to not just not I want to be able to not just not stop the podcast, but I want it to grow. I want to be able to maybe open a store and be able to that will be a way to fund the time I put into it. And maybe even make a good living off of it so that I can continue. What I want to do is to be able to put some of that money back into um, trauma healing programs for people and things like that. If I had courses, I would like to have some paid slots and then maybe some slots where people that are blessed, more blessed, could fund. Like it's called a scholarship. Other I've seen other people that do this. Nate Postlewaite does this, I think. Um, and, and pay for scholarships for people that don't have the resources to pay for the course. And maybe I would even have a couple of free slots for people. You know, I've, it, there's just so much that I want to be able to do. And I feel like I'm running against the, um, the barrier of finances and money. And I'm working as hard as my health will allow me, and I can't work any harder. There's a lot of people on this site, and they can't afford to pay for a course or anything like that. And that's why having the podcast and the YouTube channel and the Facebook group for that support is free, always, is important. But I've started thinking about having to monetize those because I can't keep, this is not sustainable for me. This is not sustainable for my mental or my physical health. Thank you for listening to my story. Now, this isn't my whole story. My life has been filled with ups and downs and ups and many wonderful blessings. And God has been so good to me in so many ways. I don't want you to think that it's just like just bad, 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 bad. But I do admit that it's been tough the last three or four years, like a lot of people since COVID or a year before COVID for me. And um for people in my life. And so I'm just asking if you can help, if you can support, if you can donate. Remember, there's two ways you can donate. You're helping people like you and you're allowing this podcast to stay, stay sustainable and you're allowing me to continue to do God's call on my life. And um, there's two ways that you can support. One is through Patreon. If you go to Patreon, it's a reputable site. And you can donate five, ten, or twenty-five dollars a month. That is a preferred way to donate, and it is much, much appreciated. Thank you so much. And that is a way to make it sustainable, to help make the podcast sustainable and help make what I do and the time and energy that I put in with the health issues that I have sustainable as well. Thank you so much, and God bless you for that. And the other way that you can donate is through Kofi.com slash Christian Emotional Recovery. That's Co. K-O-Fi-F-I.com slash Christian Emotional Recovery. I'll put both of those in the show notes. And with Ko-Fi, you can donate one time any amount you want. And if you want to do a recurring donation there, I believe you can do that as well. But if you wanted to maybe 
donate every other month or something like that. Ko-Fi is a good option and you can just put it on your calendar and then you don't have to do like the monthly subscription, but you can still go back and donate when it works for you. But thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you so much for your help and your support. I'm so blessed and so grateful for the good things that are happening for this podcast, for you, for me, and for my call on God, God's call on my life, and for everything that's going to come that I know God has in store for the podcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.